Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. You can go online and you can watch. Go to our website, pathwaychurchok.com, and you can go on our website and watch all the, the first previous uh, messages that were related to this. Uh, today we start our fourth week in the message from this day forward. And if you want to see the other ones and, and see what I'm catching about, because some things in here might not make sense, go back, check those things out. Uh, and today in week four, when Simon was in a boat, he was fishing. He was a professional fisherman. When Jesus got in the boat, he looked at Simon and said, Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Simon didn't have to go with Jesus. That was completely up to Simon. Simon looked at Jesus and decided to follow him. There was an initial act of obedience. The first was when Jesus told Simon to cast his nets. He didn't have to, but Simon was the professional. Jesus was the woodworker. But Simon said, if you say it is so, out of obedience, the blessing of an abundant catch will come. Then Jesus said, come and follow me. And again, Simon didn't have to, but he chose to. And I love how the story that Jesus showed Simon right from the beginning. If you do what I say, the blessing will come. Jesus said, cast your nets and a blessing of abundant fish catching catch caught catch caught catch catcher the abundance of catching a whole lot of fish came and and Simon began to walk in the blessing that God had for him today i want to talk about this idea of having a relationship with my purpose when you have a relationship with your purpose, it becomes a guiding factor for your life. In your notes, Ephesians 4 says, this is Paul talking, Therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, uh, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the purpose to which you have been called. Paul knew that in order for you to fulfill your purpose, you had to do your part. There is God's part and there is your part. And I want to show you what that looks like this morning. Scripture teaches us what uh, um, God's purpose for our lives looks like. And I want to show you those in a very quick manner. And we're going to fill out some notes. So in, in, your, in your outline, let's look at this. Number one, God calls you to salvation. This is your first purpose as being a human being on this earth, is God calls you to salvation. Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. He called the sinners to follow him. Remember that we said that when Jesus went on the boat with Simon, he said, come, follow me. So the first element of our purpose that we're supposed to live in is that we have to understand that God calls you to salvation. Number two, God calls you to sanctification. Big word, it's on the screen if you don't know how to spell it. This means you are to lead a holy life, set apart uh, uh, to do what God has called you to do. And the third thing that God calls you to is number three, God calls you to service, to use the gifts and talents that God has purposed 
for you. And that is where we ended last week, that you use the contribution that you're to make to be an addition to what God wants to do. Let me phrase these three things a little differently. Our purpose here at Pathway is, does anybody know? Yay! Believe in Jesus. That is salvation. The very first element in which God's called us to do is to be saved. So our first purpose here at Pathway is to believe in Jesus. That is salvation. Our second aspect of our purpose is to belong to a church family. Number three, become a follower of Christ. Those two are the sanctification side of this. And then the last is the fourth, is to build the kingdom of God. And that's where you engage in the gifting that God has called you where you can contribute to the world and what God's calling us to do here at Pathway. Colossians 3.17 in your notes says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. I think we kind of have a misunderstanding of what everything we do looks like. Many people think it's only what's done in the church is is, is what God cares about. It's only if I'm worshiping God, that's what God cares about. Everything you do is worship to God. God cares. He finds... Whenever Matthew is sleeping at night, as a parent, that's my child, I'll go and watch him. And you know what it does for me? It brings joy. He's just sleeping. His chest is going up and down. He's... Snores like his mom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and it, it, it brings joy to me because he is operating in his purpose. Whenever you are Lindsay, you're cutting hair, you know what God's doing? I'm enjoying that because I gave you those gifts. God enjoys the things that he created us to do. He is well pleased in the gifts that you are operating in. So don't look at it and say, if I'm only praying 10 hours a day, that's the only time that God's happy with me. No, God is happy with you when you're operating in the purpose of the assignment that he has for your life. In 1 Corinthians 1.26, it says, Think of what you were when you were called. Meaning before you had a relationship with your purpose, The next verse in Corinthians says that you are unwise and worldly. God doesn't call the prepared. He does what? Prepares the call. When we look at Simon and Peter in the boat, God never called or Jesus never called Peter. He called Simon and transformed him into Peter. And then, once he was able to be transformed into Peter, in that process, he made a contribution to the world that we're talking about 2,000 years later. God is calling you right where you're at to fulfill an assignment if you're willing to contribute your part to the earth to turn you in from Simon to Peter. There are two things that we have to understand about our purpose. I want you to write this down. Your purpose costs you. When God called Saul, who later became Paul, Saul hated Christians. Saul was killing them. And then one day while traveling down the road, Saul was blinded by God, and God sent a messenger named Ananias to tell him a message from God. And this is what that message was was at the bottom of your notes. Acts chapter 9. But the Lord said to him, using Ananias, 
Go, for he is a chosen instrument. Remember last week we said you were chosen, loved, and accepted. Of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer from the sake of my name. The purpose that God has you to walk in will cost you something. In the back page of your notes, at the very top, look, it says, the moment you have a relationship with your purpose, you have to step out of your plan into God's plan. In other words, you change your identity from Simon to Peter. When you have a relationship with the purpose that God has for you, there's a price that's going to need to be paid. It's going to cost you something. Remember the, the first week of the series, we talked about the COVID killer chemical. The, the concentrated chemical costs more than the watered down chemical. But the return on the investment was so much higher on the concentrated than it was the watered down. We look at Jesus and say, we want the watered down gospel because we're going to pay a little price now because we're just going to go to church sometimes. We're going to pray sometimes. We're going to pray before our meals and we're going to do these things and those things. But God is saying, I want you to have the concentrated Jesus in, in your life and the price that you're going to have to pay is greater at the the beginning, but the reward in heaven is so far beyond your understanding because God knows if you're willing to pay the price, you're willing to go all in for what God has called you to live in, you will fulfill the purpose and your assignment that he has for you here on earth. There's a passage of scripture that my dad had me memorize when I was like two years old, and you think I'm joking, he was... But road trips were, hey, let's start from Genesis and you tell me every person until Jesus died. And then let's, let's start in the New Testament and go from that was our road trips. And I always got to Eve and I didn't know what to do after that. And so, but in John 15, in your notes, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Every branch that remains in me and I in him, I will purge it. And it will bear much fruit. In the natural, it seems that if a branch is producing fruit, you would leave it alone. You, you, you let the branch do its thing because it's producing fruit. But God says, I have to cut it back so it can produce more fruit. The more you do for Jesus, the more opportunities that Jesus will give you. But the same is the, is the same the, 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 on the reverse side of that. The less you do for Jesus, the less opportunities He will give to you. Growing up, my mom would, um, I would come home from school and my mom would have clothes all over my bed, all new clothes. She would say, pick what you want. And the the more that I said, I like this, 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 and I thanked her for them, what happened? The more clothes I got. And so being that I was the young child and the favorite child, not anymore, but I was, I, I just kept saying, I, even if I didn't like it, oh, I love it. And she would go and get me more. And the older I got, the more I just didn't really seem to care as much because my closet was so full. And what happened, Mom? She's not listening. Uh, she, she, she quit buying me, she quit buying me the, the gifts. She quit buying me the presents. What, where am I staying at? The more I stayed in focus with the one who supplied the blessing, the more blessing I received. 
When I walked away from the one who blessed me, the blessing stopped. Jesus can and will use you more the more you stay connected to him as the source. But if you sit on the chair and do nothing, he will find someone else who is willing to operate in their purpose. Are you following me? Okay, uh, I want you to visualize this. It's kind of weird, but we're doing weird stuff today, so let's just go with it. Uh, you've got to visualize that you're a branch and, and you're producing fruit. You can close your eyes and, oh, you're a branch producing fruit. Are you Okay, you got that? The fruit that you're producing is, is good. It's, it's good. It tastes good. It looks good. It, it, it's the proper ripeness. Is that the word? It, it's all that stuff. Then all of a sudden, one day, as you're producing this fruit, a gardener comes along with a knife and cuts you back a little bit. Some, some pruning takes place. And if you're that branch, you have some misunderstood pain taking place. There is some misunderstood pain in our lives that we don't understand why we're having to go through some things, why things are the way they are in our lives. But you have to trust the gardener. We're going to unpack that in a moment. In the business world, if an employee is doing a good job, the last thing I go and do is tell them how to do their job. I let them do their thing. That is one thing off my plate that I've got to worry about. But if, a, if an employee is not doing a good job, I most of the time send in another employee to help them. They become the helpmate. They coach each other. They watch each other. And if they're not any good, what do I do? Fire them. I get rid of them. That, that is the, the natural thing to do. But here Jesus is doing the opposite. He is taking the one that is producing fruit and pruning that branch. Do any of you have a green thumb? <laughs> you like the garden. You like to plant vegetables and flowers. And, and no one, I'm going to say my immediate family, my wife, like, we, 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 don't, we don't have that. Uh, Adrian's kill more bushes, more plants, more flowers than you can possibly imagine. But the thing is, every spring, for about two hours, she gets super excited. And she's like, oh, it's springtime. Let's go plant stuff. And what do we do? We go buy all this nonsense and we buy all new pots because the ones from last year got broke because we got mad at them because they didn't produce anything. We threw them out. And so we have to go buy new pots and new dirt and new flowers and new seeds and new all this stuff. And the kids get all excited and we go home and we're happy and we're planting these things. Oh, this is going to be so fun. We're going to have a garden. And we water them the first day and then Adrian doesn't water them ever again so I water them the second day and I water them the third day and the fourth day I'm not seeing anything change so I stop watering those things and what happens to the plants that we were once so excited about? They did. They die. And it happens every single year. For 13 years this has been happening. It died because it was not properly maintained consistently. It could not flourish. In order for the flowers to bloom and to blossom, there had to be a series of events to take place. When you don't get the series of the events done in proper order, the flowers will never become what the flower was created to become. Whenever I was younger, I, when I lived at home, my mom would go out and prune these bushes. I would see what she was doing, and I would go out and prune the bushes with her. And then she would look at me like, you... you you 
don't do that. But she never griped at me. She never yelled at me. She just sucked it up because I was her son and that's what you do. And her flowers always came out looking better, but my flowers died. How come my flowers died? Because whenever she had the scissors in her hand, she knew where to cut them. But whenever I had the scissors in my hand, I didn't know where to cut them. And the ones that I cut died. It takes someone who knows what they are doing to pull out the best blossom in the flower. You've been trying to run your life the way you want to for years. You've been trying to, to do your own thing. God, I'm going to pray a little bit today. Oh, I'm going to, to, I'm, I'm to say, I'm, I'm going to pay for that person's Starbucks drink behind me and hopefully they didn't get a big order. And you have that thought in your mind because you're going to pass it on. And, and you, you think you're doing all these things, but the problem is you're cutting yourself in all the wrong places and you're not pruning yourself for success. You're pruning yourself for killed, killed, for being killed, killed, for dying. You are not pruning yourself to hit the blossom. Are you following me? There is a gardener that's trying to prune you. And what we have to remember is the gardener knows things that you don't know. We said last week that Jesus sees beyond the surface of your life. Because once you are pruned in the proper place, when you cast your nets, the nets you cast catch enough fish to tear your net. Did you get that? In your notes, the gardener knows where to cut. He knows how to cut. And he knows when to cut. Only the gardener can bring you to a place where you flourish the most. I want to give you an illustration that I hope is going to make sense. Um, yeah? Okay. This is a disclaimer. This illustration is, is about alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. If you do, that's up to you. Personally, I, I have a personal conviction that I don't, but it's going to sound like I'm okay with it. Personally, I'm not. just want to make that clear. If you do, hey, more power to you. It's not a heaven or hell thing, so I don't really care. Okay? We're still family. We're still friends. Now all of y'all look at me like, oh, man, no guilt here. I, just, I wanted to make I, the illustration is so great. I heard a pastor say it, and I don't want you to think I'm something that I'm not. I always want to be very upfront with you all. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com, to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.